Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is Wolf and Down Your Lunch on a Thursday, right at noon. Aaron Maloney is here with all of today's top sports stories. You're both looking at me like I just missed something in the last two minutes. Aaron told me not to look at Twitter, but there's three TVs in here, so. So you already see it? Well, I don't know. What are you going to tell me? So One? I actually know something you don't, Luke. This is interesting. Do Breaking! Is it, is it on that middle TV Luke right there? Luke is okay. the last to know when typically <laughs> I am. All right, what is it? So one Cardinals head coaching candidate has been crossed off the list Gone. because the Panthers have hired Frank Reich to be their oh, new head coach. All right. All right, Carolina. Who thought that Frank Reich was going to be the first domino to fall? Although right now we could quibble. We could argue about that because maybe it was really Sean Payton. Maybe it was Sean Payton. Maybe the Cardinals are meeting with a guy that really isn't going to be that interested in coaching this year. That's what maybe he was the first domino. Because Carolina was was remember we had that list that Aaron gave us earlier this week that it was it was like the pitch from each team that was in the running. Except for some reason Houston didn't make a pitch, but the writers from each team for ESPN. Carolina's was the one of the most compelling because it was like you have an owner that just wants to spend money in Carolina, wants to win. you're going to draft a quarterback, I would assume. What do they pick? Seventh, I think, this year? Seventh or ninth? Ninth. I think they pick ninth. Um, either way, they're in a range where they could either trade up to get one of these quarterbacks or they're going to draft or whatever. They can they can find a quarterback. I, I don't know. Like That's a team in that division. I would have put up there as one of the more favorable situations for Sean Payton, and they opted for Frank Wright. That's really interesting. More on this as the show unfolds. So you guys went there. Sean Payton has had a busy January interviewing with multiple NFL teams for coaching positions, and that continues today as he's reportedly meeting with the Cardinals. Here's Peter King from Bickley and Murata this morning. There's about five coaches, what I'm told, in the NFL right now who are making an average of $15 million or more. To come back, Peyton, I would think, is going to need to be in that league, uh, you know, and in the upper echelon of that league. And that is going to scare a few teams away. I'm not sure that Michael Bidwill wants to play in that league. So what do you think happens with Sean Payton today? Do you think we'll find out today whether he will be coaching next season or whether he will be going back to Fox? No, I don't think so. Not today. No, but I think that's close, right? Because now what are the... Okay, it's the Colts, it's the Cardinals, it's the Texans, and it's the Broncos. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't really see the Colts as much of an option for him. Do you? No. So I think it's one of those other three teams. Or it's Fox. The I honestly believe this has been Denver for the most part or bust with Sean Payton. That's just a gut feeling that I have. And especially when Wednesday night's meeting was delayed. That second interview with the Denver Broncos was delayed. We all know that Sean Payton is meeting with the Arizona Cardinals today. The interview is actually going to happen today. Um, I think maybe Denver wanted to talk to Sean Payton after 
the Arizona Cardinals interview and make the final offer, the final pitch to him. I think Sean Payton is either going to be a Denver Bronco or nobody. So... On that front, according to reports, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is now the top candidate in the Broncos head coaching search. Whoa! That just blew me out of the water. (laughs) Take that, Wolf. Yes. Thought you knew something I didn't know. So do you think that domino will need to fall before the rest can? The part of this that that you can't factor for yet is that Diana Rossini tweet earlier this week that there's like a mystery team looking at Sean Payton if they can get their ducks in a row. And then I don't know who it was. Somebody else reputable tweeted out the same thing today. They were like, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard that there's this and this, but there's also like a secret team that might be interested in Sean Payton. Is that like an XFL team? Why can't you just tell us who the team is? Yeah, I, I still think outside of this secret team that's lurking out there, Ducks in a row. Um, I still think Denver has the inside track on that. I don't know if I believe that report about D'Amico Ryan. Wow. That just made shooting it down. The Phoenix Suns are gearing up to take on the Mavericks tonight at 8 o'clock at the Footprint Center. So what has Suns GM James Jones seen from the team during their four-game win streak? He told Burns and Gabo yesterday. You know, we've, been, we've been winning games and, and playing better basketball. And, and I think um, you're starting to see uh, some growth from, from, from some of our guys who've been thrusting into advanced roles. Um, you know, Josh the other night, Cam Johnson, you know, his performance, you know, Jock and Biz last night as well as Dario. Um, you know, the, our, our rotation guys, our back rotation guys have been giving us big moments and big minutes. And, and as we get healthier, it just gives us confidence knowing that uh, we're, we're through one of the toughest stretches of our season and we just need to continue to push towards the All-Star break where we can kind of reset and get whole. What do you want to see from the Suns tonight when they face Luka and the Mavericks? Boy, just beat down. I don't care how you do it. I, I, I'll tell you, here, I, what I want to see, not like a 25-point deficit in the first half. How's that? <laughs> that seems to be an issue against Dallas now. The last four games, they were getting blown out by halftime, all four of them. Yeah. Or Nor do I want to see them up by 30 and then blow it late in the game. I, I don't want to see that either. I thought it was interesting. James Jones didn't mention Mikal Bridges at all right there. Right? You just assume Mikel's going to play every game and do everything he needs uh, to do. I know, but once again, Mikel Bridges is getting the opportunity to actually um, close out games, to be that guy, to lean on him a whole lot more in crunch time. Isn't that right, Chris Paul? Interesting. Mikel Bridges, what are you becoming? He's the guy that I think has grown the most with all of these injuries. The Suns are still searching for a trade partner for Jay Crowder, so what are they looking for? Zach Lowe gave us some details yesterday on the Low Post podcast. Someone told me that, uh, that it has some interest in Crowder, that the, the Suns seem to want two of the following three things. A good young player, a first-round pick, and a rotation, a, almost a starter, Crowder-level player. Two of those three. And it's like, that's cool. Like, that's why Jay Crowder hasn't been traded yet. Because he hasn't, we're 50 games into the season. He hasn't played. And he's in the last year of his contract. Do you think that's realistic? No. No, no. No, not at all. so good right there. I tell you what, if James Jones is able to pull that off and two weeks from now we're just getting flooded with tweets, if you guys didn't think he could do it, I will welcome that moment. If James Jones can get basically a Jay Crowder type player 
plus a first-round pick or plus a good young player in exchange for 26 games of Jay Crowder or whatever it's going to be at that point? Yeah. Uh, executive of the year again. Can I just say hypothetically, I agree with everything you just said, of course, but hypothetically, if this could come true... Like you were rubbing a genie lamp and a genie came out and, you know, hey, one of your wishes could be two of these three. Which yeah. two would you take? Uh, the good young player and the guy that can help right now. <laughs> I mean, when you say it, I'll lay it in. Yeah. You laugh. I'll, I'll take the good young player for Jay Crowder. Yes. There's <laughs> a guy that'll come off the bench and without complaining. The, the rotation guy that is Jay Crowder. Yeah. It'll come off the bench without complaining. So we would like, it's just like this. Well, it feels so good. I would, I'm going to give you a $10 bill, okay? Could you give me back two of these three things? A 20, a 50, and a 100. If you would do that, I'd be glad. I'd happily give you this 10. How's that? In fact, you know, not even a 20, 50, a 20, a 50, and a 10. Give and, me two of those three things and, back. And once again, I'm not mocking this guy. He's just reporting that. Just reporting it. And that, just yeah, it's saying. not James Jones saying it either. That's just a right. report. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what you do. You come in, you ask hi, and then you negotiate from that starting point. I'm sure that was the starting point. I'm sure also that's not what they're going to get. All right, that was Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. When we come back, how have the Suns learned to cope without some of their key players? They've been doing it for a while now, and it could pay off going forward. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. How you doing over there, Wolf? I'm doing well. Doing How about good? you, man? Okay. I'm doing good. A little hungry right now. Are you? It always hits me afternoon. I don't eat, though. I never eat. I've never. I've, never. I've seen you eat once, and uh, it was a lobster roll, and you were ready to pass okay, out in the last you know, hour of the show. It's so true. And it was a really good lobster <laughs> It was so and so good. was I. It was so buttery. And the best part is Dave Burns came in afterwards, and he's like, man, I'm tired. I think it was that lobster yeah. roll. <laughs> well, enjoy your next four hours. <laughs> yeah, See, you, for me, it only hit me the last hour. Yeah, you definitely, uh, in, in moments like that, you you don't offer a sympathetic ear. You just <laughs> drive the point home. Of You're course. Like, All right, well, it's my weekend, Dave. Good luck trying to stay up for four hours. You rip who you love. Uh, so I was looking at this because they, they flashed this graphic up before while we were talking football. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to bring it up, and I, I didn't get to, I wanted to take a picture of it with my phone on one of these TVs. I don't have the exact names. But they were looking at load management in the NBA, right? Just indulge me here. I'm going to go this direction for a second. And they had five players up there. It was Giannis, it was Kawhi, and it was like three other really good players. Like it was the best. I think Joel Embiid was up there. All five of the players, big players in the NBA, had already load managed at least a quarter of their team game, team's games, and Kawhi had just sat out half of them. Not because of injury, just because of load management. Yeah. You know, it's just so weird what is going on. We see this all the time. There's so many teams out there, their best players a lot of times are missing games. It's, and a lot of games. Missing, yeah, it's a lot of games. Yes. So I, we were looking at this earlier this season. And I'm going to look at it again right now. I have the NBA games played for last year, okay? Five guys played all 82 games. 25 played 78 or more. All right, this is this is last year out of yeah, eighty two. Right, right, seventy eight out of eighty two is pretty good. So I just wanted to look at, at at hockey since they play the same amount of games. Okay, and this obviously counted goalies because goalies don't play every game. Forty five guys in the NHL played eighty two games. One hundred seventy two played seventy eight or more. <laughs> 
Wow. I don't know how you're going to get the NBA back to that point where if you're hurt, okay, you miss the game. Yeah. But well, I, I won't be as tired tomorrow if I don't play in the second half of this back-to-back. Is a completely different mentality than I've got than, than the one Mikel Bridges has. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, Devin Booker had a hammy, and that led to groin soreness. Remember that? Where he missed some games? And then the strain groin. Remember he came back and the strain groin, which took like two weeks to actually heal. But now he was going to be evaluated, and it was four weeks, and now it's another week. Now it's a week from yesterday, yeah. It's a total of five weeks, basically. Well, hopefully. He's missed 20 games. Yeah. 20 games. But that's at least an injury. I, I, I know that, but it's a soft tissue. It is a soft tissue injury to me. A groin pull. You know how bad you got to pull your groin to miss that much well, time? It's not ideal. You yeah, know how you, bad it is? That's not a strain groin. You would like that's to think like, if it was the playoffs, he'd be good to go. You, you would hope that because if not, they're in real trouble. Yes. I, I'm just saying for every starter not named Mikel, the Suns have taken their sweet time in terms of getting back on the court. Why do you think that is? It's not just the Phoenix Suns. It's all over the league. Yeah. Why? It's out of an abundance of caution? No. It's an, out of an abundance of load management. Is well, what that's, it is. that's the problem. I think there's two different things here, and they blur together very easily. And I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. The Suns are trying to go on a playoff run. And if they have a guy that's hurt, and it normally would be, hey, you should probably sit three weeks with this, but we're going to sit you four. I don't have a problem with that nearly as much as I do, okay, uh, you're going to sit every back-to-back this season. Well, how do we know? I haven't even played yet. I'm not hurt. Oh, it doesn't matter. This is just the new NBA. We've got 82 games. Yeah. But the contract's really, you're only going to play 64 of them. That, to me, is different. If there's an injury and you take more time coming back and you're extra cautious, if you've earned that right in the standings, I get why it would be a problem for Adam Silver, but I can at least understand that. I don't understand. I, I cannot tell you how many times I have looked at something in the NBA and it's like, uh, so-and-so has five games coming up this week. He obviously will only play three of those. Yes. Well, why? Is he hurt? No. Just yeah. because. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's never going to change then if that's the mindset around the league. Can I just say, Luke, that I do believe it's this new mindset in professional sports? It really is. It's this new age, new way of thinking, less is more. That's what it's all about. It's this new mindset that blows my mind. You know the way I feel. You don't see NFL players sitting out a Sunday game because they play Thursday the next week. No, but there there was an awful lot of um, sharing of reps and rotation. It's like defensive linemen. Think of defensive linemen right now. In the NFL, defensive linemen, you put them out there, they started. Your starters were your starters. Yeah. You you got a four three. You run them out there. Look, everybody, it's Carl Eller every play, every single snap. Yes, <laughs> Jim Marshall every play. Alan Page every play for the Minnesota Vikings. They played every play, and the body calluses itself. I believe that. And to some degree, it is taking over the National Football League. Less is more. It's one of the reasons why you've got Kevin O'Connell up there where they really don't practice very hard, the Minnesota Vikings, because less is more. Cliff Kingsbury did it right here with the Arizona Cardinals. Less is more. I, I, I don't, I don't agree. I don't. The body calluses itself. The more work you give it, the harder it becomes. It's one of the reasons why. Back in Michael Jordan's era, Charles Barkley, 
Think of how many games those guys played in a much more physical yeah, and NBA. they were getting hit in the face every oh time. Oh, my this, this goodness. This is not Luka being like, there's a guy too close to me, I'm going to fall down. This is, you're going in and, and Charles Oakley is just it's, punching you in the eye. It's just this new mindset, man. It is. That's why it's like it right now, not only in the NBA, but also in some other professional sports as well. Well, that's it not going to change then. If, if that's the mindset, I don't know how you collectively change that mindset back. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, oh, this guy has a concussion, you got to rush him back. No, that's obviously the worst thing you could do. Totally. But there is an element of sports totally. and competitiveness that is like, okay, you like Buda Baker. You got a high ankle sprain, but your team needs this game this week. If you're Buda Baker, you're like, I'll be out there. Yeah. Buda Baker was out there until he had a fractured shoulder at the end of the season. Mikel Bridges, this it's, is a long way to get to Mikel yes. Bridges. Mikel Bridges doesn't miss games. I, I'm Listen, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. This is the way that it's going to be going forward. But it's wrong. It's wrong. It makes it for is. some bad basketball. I think you've got, you've got all sorts of evidence directly in front of you. Just go back and look at it. It's not only, of course, it's not only in the NBA, it's the NFL as well. As I said, you used to have down linemen who would line up. Every offensive line, of course, has, has the same five guys out there. They're not going to substitute a lot of guards. Now, has that happened in the NFL in the past? Yes, it has. But that really is not an area you're going to substitute, and it's because of the 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 real um, fact that you've got to work together as an offensive line, where a defensive lineman, for for the most part, used to line up and play 70, 80 snaps a game. Defensive linemen. You didn't substitute those guys ever. Why is it? Why why do they do it now? It's just one way to keep the guy fresh. Well, I mean, you're That's doing what it. They say, yeah, it, somewhere along the way, somebody must have done it and had success and won. And maybe it's the Spurs. I don't know, but because they are kind of credited with or credited, I don't know, tagged with being the team that really was with the face of this. And obviously, the Spurs are winning a lot of titles. But all these teams that are load managing are not winning titles. Obviously, so this is a, a roundabout way to get to Mikael Bridges and what he is again doing this season. Kellen Olson has a story up on ArizonaSports.com looking at how Mikel being the one guy out there consistently playing, and the Suns have had legit injuries, and a lot of these teams have had legit injuries, but that graphic they just flashed up was amazing, how many guys are just sitting a quarter of the games just because they yeah. can. Um, Kellen has a piece up on ArizonaSports.com that looks at how Mikel Bridge is being sort of thrown into the fire for the last month and a half into roles that he isn't typically in, that maybe they wanted to grow him into over the course of years, not weeks could really benefit this team going forward. You start to look at just his offensive efficiency and some of the things he has done. Yeah. It's like, now if you need Mikel to take a shot at the end of a game, and it's game two of the second round of the playoffs, he's a little more adept at doing it. Yeah, no, he is, and looks pretty good at it as well. And growing, he's more comfortable. I think he has grown the most with this injury situation that has hit the Phoenix Suns this year. I think Mikel Bridges because of the crunch time and the clutch, I think he actually has grown maybe the most. The fact he had to take on the yoke of scoring the basketball and take on that responsibility. I think, to me, he's grown the most. But I also would point to Mikel Bridges and say he's exhibit A of what we're talking about. How many games in a row now? Well, he's never. He, he's not. I don't even want to say it. But, I mean, he okay. college, too. Okay. So maybe... 
they're giving him that opportunity instead of load management. He's like, I got your load management. And he's getting better. And, and maybe his body is so calloused, again, he's not subject to a lot of these again, little tweaks. He is a cyborg. So Mikel maybe isn't the best example, but it's the local example. He might not be human. But I'm sure, and I'll do it during the break, you could go back. I, I don't know. What, how far back do you think I need to go? Ten years? Do you think I even need to go back that far where instead of five players playing all 82 games, it's like 60? Yeah. I mean, it's not. It shouldn't be that yeah. far. And look, you might miss a game or two. That's why I was kind of using 78 as the cutoff. But last year, 25 guys in the whole NBA played 78 games. That's stunning. The NHL was 172. It's different sports. I get that. But it's the same amount of games. It's a lot more physical. Well, <laughs> the, the cocky is brutal. Because the mindset is you're just going to play every night. And it was that way in the NBA until exact, recently. That, that proves my point right there. Hockey. Exhibit A. I didn't want to callouses your point. itself. The body calluses itself. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Sean Payton meeting with the Cardinals today. Is this the end of the Cardinals coaching search? Are they either hiring Sean Payton or are they going to hear what they need from him to make a different hire? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 All right, Sean Payton's interview is today, an interview that Cardinals fans were anticipating for, I I would think, honestly, the last month of the season. And then, up until a few days ago, it sounded like it might not even happen, but now it is supposedly happening today. So, uh, the the waiting may, uh, may officially be over right here. Waiting on Payton? I was a ball boy for this team. Or Sean is gone. I'm saying that as of right now, it does not seem like there is a place for Sean Payton. And here we are. Waiting on Peyton. Last year it was waiting on Aiton. We have evolved by one letter. Sean is gone. <laughs> Hopefully Sean's not gone yet. And I love that right there. Sean Payton in town for his interview with the Arizona Cardinals. Ron Wolfley reporting. He is in town, isn't he? I love you. You're reporting. I was going to say, you're reporting it. (laughs) No. When you report something, you don't ask afterwards. I think we all know that I was just tongue-in-cheeking it. Okay, well, that's... I don't report anything. Don't you know it's 2023 if you just say you're reporting something? That makes it fact? (laughs) That's... Come on. Do we have the... uh, Where's the alert sounder? Do we have that? Remember that? You had that right there? Boom. Just Um, playing this sounder. How many sounders do you want? Not the panic button. Remember the alert. Alert. Can't find my panic Um, button. Now I'm panicking. This is not that. We're talking about Sean Payton being in town and the interview that supposedly is happening today. It feels like the all of these teams that don't have a coach yet, these five teams, are all waiting on waiting on Payton except Carolina because they just were like, screw it, we'll just hire Frank Reich. And they have. Yes. And uh, what do you think is going to come of this? Do you think there's going to be closure quickly after today? That is a question that I ask for the Arizona Cardinals. One head coach has already been hired. Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers have come to an agreement. Frank Reich is actually going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. Well, what did you say earlier this week? You said we're going to know by the time the show ends on Friday, which is about one fifty-seven. Now, yes. the thought is, every time the Cardinals announce news, it tends to be right at two o'clock, right as we're like as I'm walking through the newsroom after right. the show. 
Um, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. That's a that's that's an aggressive prediction to say it's going to be in the next 25 hours. But I do think by the time we're in here on Monday, we know who the Cardinals coach is because this interview is happening today. Okay, I don't think you could make your decision until you had talked to Sean Payton. Yeah, and that is definitely going to happen. And we all know the number one question you're going to ask him is, how are you going to get Kyler Murray right? How, how, what does this offense look like going forward? That is the first thing that I'd ask him because I, I love Sean Payton. I'm a Sean Payton fan, and I do believe he's gifted when it comes to offensive football. But Kyler Murray is not Drew Brees. Drew Brees! Kyler Murray is not <laughs> Drew Brees. He has a completely different skill set, and they're two different people. What are you going to do? What kind of offense do you envision, Sean, putting Kyler Murray in going forward? That, to me, that's the money question. I'm fascinated by that conversation because you may ask Sean Payton that question, and you're Monty Austin for it, right? And you're sitting there, and you hear him say something, and you're like, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to pay Sean Payton fifteen plus million dollars a year, which is what Peter King said earlier today that it would be. You know, maybe it's not twenty five, maybe it's sixteen or whatever. But whatever. Maybe uh, you're Monty Austin Fort, and you're, you're sitting there, and you hear him say something, and you're like, I don't know that we can pay him, but this is similar to what Dan Quinn or Brian Flores or somebody said, or maybe you know their offensive coordinator could do right. that. Or maybe you're sitting there, and you're like, you know what, this is the guy. Nobody else is going to be able to get out of Kyler Murray what Sean Payton can get. We have to figure out a way to get him in here. There is there is financial logic in that, too, because you're paying Kyler Murray how many millions of dollars? Yeah. You don't want to pay him any more millions of dollars to do what he did last year other than the second half of that Raiders game. So if you have to pour more money into it, but your next coach is going to get him to the level where he's a top six-ish yes. quarterback, then it's actually worth it to just Pour more money into it. Winning makes you more money. It's called an investment. Yes, that's, that's the word I was looking for. Right. <laughs> it's called an investment right there, and you're right. That's what you do. You've got to invest in your team. You've got to invest uh, in your quarterback. And this is not like salary cap money either. This is this is just this, what are you yeah. going to pay your employee? That's what it comes down to. So you need a plan, whatever it is. Sean Payton, I'm sure he's got a plan. Just like Brian Flores had a plan. Just like Vance Joseph has got a plan. Just like Dan Quinn will have a plan. What is your plan? It's one thing to have the plan, and that's great. I wonder how much it would differ from Dan Quinn to Sean Payton. If you just took those two guys and their plans, how much would they differ? I don't know what the answer is to that, but it's not just about the plan. It's also about the execution of the plan. You have to be able to pull it off. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Isn't that right? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Ah, look at that. We rehearsed that earlier. Yeah, see, I know. Right. I, I just thought it was such a good line. Why not use it again? But it's so true. You got a plan. That's one thing. What about the implementation? What about the execution of that plan? Because you take a plan plus the execution of the plan, that equals the product, the result, the outcome that you're going to get. Doesn't it feel like you ask that question to Sean Payton, okay, how are you going to get the most out of Kyler Murray? And he gives you like an hour and a half answer. And you're like, it's like one of those, it's like a TV show where like the sun goes down and comes back up while he's talking. Like he's got this elaborate answer, Man, right? I could see that too. I really could. I could see him leaning back in his chair. 
just kind of <laughs> leaning back and kind of putting his arms up <laughs> over his head and just saying, well, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. And then you ask Brian Flores and Brian Flores is like, give me two minutes with him. I'll talk to him. I'll get this figured out right now. So you're saying, wait a minute, if Brian Flores would get this done quickly. Just forget about the plan. It's not X's we're going and O's. In. We're, gonna, we're going in and we're throwing. He like he we're turns his chair him. around. He's <laughs> like, all right, Kyler, let's talk. I feel like Aaron has something important to say and I don't know what it is. So NFL reporter for the Washington Post, Mark Mask, um, just tweeted out, obviously the Panthers are no longer an option for Sean Payton, but then this is where it gets interesting. He then says, and there was an issue with Payton's interview with the Broncos. Payton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense, but fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group, source says. Oh! A member of the ownership group? All right, let's get that list and figure out who it is. Yeah, really? Sean, why, why would that be an issue right there? A member of the... You know, I mean, it must be... Is it the owner? <laughs> no, it couldn't be the why, owner. Why would an owner in Denver be trying to tell Sean Payton how to do his... Like, why would you hire him? Why would you yeah, want to hire him if you're you? going to tell him how to do his job? Yeah, that is... But once again, it confirms the Denver Broncos. See, the Denver Broncos, it always comes back to the Broncos. You just see Nathaniel Hackett got a job today, too, as the OC of the Jets. Oh, so that's why people are saying Aaron Rodgers is going to the Big that's, Apple? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see Aaron? And he's going to grow his hair down to his butt. If he's up there, I mean, think about it. I feel like we've gone slightly off off uh, whatever line we were on. But look, this is the second thing that Maloney has had in the last hour that has indicated the Broncos may not be going with Sean Payton. She had the earlier report. I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was from, yeah. that D'Amico Ryans is the leader for the Denver job right now. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Who said that though? Was that FanDuel or was that uh, <laughs> betting the odds? <laughs> no, it was from our sister station in okay. Denver, oh, Denver Sports. So they would actually oh, know see. what they're talking okay. about. Yeah, they're leaking it up there, D'Amico Ryan's. Okay, uh, I'm not buying that. I'm not. You're not buying Ryan's. I'm not. I'm not buying the D'Amico Ryan's to the Denver Broncos. You're, so you're not buying Ryan's, but you are still but waiting on Peyton. Uh, yeah. Yeah, to go to Denver. You, you still think that's where he's going? I, I honestly, yeah, I, I do. I, I think that's where he's wanted to go this whole time. Even if he's going to have a power struggle with the owner, it sounds like it sounds like in Denver, Sean is gone. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Really, Sean? What what is this guy going to do? And it was part of the ownership group. What what do you mean? He's a minority owner? Is that what we're to read into it? That suddenly he's going to get in your face? I, I... yeah, but why would you want to go into the job already having a power struggle before you even accept the job? Yeah. All well, right. the one thing I will say is this is Sean Payton back on January 16th, or maybe it was a little bit before, on the herd about why he values ownership ahead of our quarterback. Generally speaking, if the quarterback is there, they're probably a team that's playing well, generally speaking. And so the the teams that have openings... I'm not going to say are broken, but they've had problems. That's why there's an opening. Right. Um, And so I I think that element's critical, the ownership element and and philosophically, you know, because they're, and I've said this, and I hope it's, it's, it's not looked at as an indictment on certain teams, but there are a number of teams 
it's hard to win in this league, and, and it's certainly harder to win in this league if there's internal uh, problems before you, before you even play an opponent. Well, then, <laughs> Sean, okay. why would you go to Denver? What is going on? Waiting on Peyton. <laughs> All right, well, when we come back, what do you expect to see from championship weekend around the National Football League? We looked at the NFC game earlier. We may get back into that, but we got to go a little Mahomes Burrow next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, I'm distracted now. What are you talking about? I, I mean, that's... You're the one that got the gift in the uh, mail. You can talk about it or not talk about it. Nobody's sending me anything to the studio. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's totally incredible, ladies and gentlemen. The year was 1988, as a matter of fact, and we were getting ready to move from St. Louis to the... Phoenix area as the Phoenix Cardinals at that point in time. So they took me and they took Stump Mitchell and they took Rob Awalt and they took another guy. Uh, I forget who it was. Neil Lomax, as a matter of fact. They took us down and actually had us at a studio. They took the leadership of teams uh, of team captains in St. Louis and made posters out of each one of us. Just to set the scene, the reason you're telling the story is because you just got something in the mail. I did. I just got something the in the mail, and I got the All Pro Commando poster because that's the way they saw me. <laughs> it's just you, right? It's not the other guys. So they dress yeah. me up as a commando, kind of. Smeared some eye black on my face and made a poster. To be honest, the eye black was <laughs> the already was there. It was 1988. The <laughs> eye black was already there. Uh, all right, that's what happened during the breaks. The breaks of this show today have been uh, eventful. The AFC Championship is the one we haven't gotten into yet. We talked Eagles, Niners earlier, and obviously we're going to continue. Are you going to hang that up like in the studio or something? <laughs> no way. I'm taking that home, man. <laughs> is there just I'm one? I'm taking that home. Two? I'm going to give it to bed. Here you go, oh, buddy. That's, that's Here cool. you go. That's actually pretty cool. Um, you don't know where it came from, though. Like, you didn't expect this or anything. You, you didn't, let's put it this way, you didn't send this poster to yourself at the station so you could talk about yeah, it. Here's some dude. Think about this. Okay. Mason right now. Some guy sent me this poster, the All-Pro Commando. Google it. Google it, my young grugs. While doing some early spring cleaning, I happened upon this wonderful piece of cardinal history and thought it deserves a place of honor in your radio studio. <laughs> You're doing a great job. That's awesome. You get that phrase. Ladashevsky, and I know exactly who he is. Do you? Oh, yeah. I know. Greg, how are you, my brother? How are you doing? I'm going to put your phone in my phone. Is that okay, my bro? You should, you should frame that and just put it like right in the newsroom so even all the news people have to look at it and be like, hey, those sports people. It's just crazy over there. No, I won't do that. I know, I know you won't, but you should. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, Chiefs-Spengals on Sunday. This is the evening games. This is the one, I guess, the NFL sees as the headliner. The line has moved multiple times. <laughs> Arizona, we're here. Okay. That's on the bottom of the post. Yeah, too, what are you talking about? Can, cannot no, see what you're doing. I'm totally distracted. Uh, you know, it must be something to distract you away from the AFC Championship game. Because usually if I mention football, you're like, what? What? The, 
Patrick Mahomes against Joe Burrow. The line the line started, I believe it was Chiefs minus one and a half. Yes. Then it was Bengals minus one and a half. Man. Now it's Chiefs minus one. So that's I, a lot of line movement in the span of three days. Yeah, for me, once again, the Cincinnati Bengals, they have the Kansas City Chiefs number. It is a real thing. The last three times the Bengals have played the Kansas City Chiefs, they have won those games. They had leads in those three games of 18, 14, and 17. Think about that. This Cincinnati, the last three times they've played the Kansas City Chiefs, they have not trailed in the fourth quarter. That is really, really surprising. When one of them was the AFC Championship, too. We're not, like, rolling some preseason stats in there. Like, last year with the Chiefs' season on the line, the Bengals went in there and and won the game. They are the only team in the National Football League that basically have owned the Kansas City Chiefs the last three times they played them. I saw this quote from Joe Burrow right before we were walking into the studio. And Joe Burrow, who you remember last week, was like, we don't feel like we're an underdog, even if even everybody was, not everybody, but a lot of people thought the Bills were going to win that game. We heard Joe Burrow after the game, like, you better get your refunds if you bought tickets to that neutral field game, because he counted us out. The quote from Joe Burrow on the Chiefs as I was walking in here was, they are, Kansas City is, quote, still the team to beat, unquote. So this is like a 180 from what you usually get from Joe Burrow, who's not, he's not, like, disrespectful to opposing teams, but it's usually like, I, I don't care. Yeah. This is him being like, oh, no, Kansas City's still the team to beat. Technically, if you're Cincinnati, they're not. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year. Cincinnati's beat them three times in a row, like you just said. Yes. Yes. You You can make a case Cincinnati's the team to beat. Okay, so you're saying Joe Burrow said they're still the team to beat. That's what it said across the bottom of the TV. The TV never lies. Mind games. Do I love this? This shows Joe Burrow not only has swag, but he has a little smarts, too, based on audience. Yes, that's exactly the approach that I want my swag-infested quarterback to bring to the table. You know, you want to be the underdog, even though you've beat him three times in the last three times you've played him. We're not. They're still the team to beat. Are you? We're the underdog. I didn't even have to read it. Maloney already had the sound. Here it is. We've been in these spots. Um, we have the experience. We know what team we're playing. Team that's been to this this game the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So, to me, they're still the team to beat, and then we're coming for them. But we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. I thought it was so smart. I wrote that quote down on this this show sheet walking in, and the audio has been there the whole time. <laughs> so, but that is that is a great approach right there. That's the message you want to send to everybody in your locker room. Listen, we've beat them three times in a row. Do you, do you think that could possibly be a quasi-moto for the Cincinnati Bengals? All is well. Sound the bells. All is well. Yeah, that could be a real issue. We, we beat him last three times. Well, there there's definitely the very scary proposition of facing a Chiefs team that people are starting to write off because Mahomes is hurt yeah. or people are starting to write off because you've beaten them three straight times. Do you yes. really want to play the Chiefs and the Chiefs are the underdogs? Or they they legitimately, not not Tom Brady winning his sixth Super Bowl and be like, nobody yes. ever believed in me. No, like People actually thinking the Chiefs are the underdogs. 
you want to play Patrick Mahomes in that scenario, I, I'd probably smart to say, no, you're the team to beat. You you take this. See, and all I want to do is a team leader for the Cincinnati Bengals, especially if I'm the quarterback and I've got a little swag coming out of the side of my neck. The one thing I want my teammates to feel is desperation because that's what we need. There, listen, it, it's a. I say it all the time. Desperation is a wonderful master when you're a football player. It is. This game will love the desperate. It, it loves the desperate. When you come in, Mother Gridiron will, will hold you and feed you and nurse you and protect you if you'll just be desperate when you play the game. And that's, that's what Joe Burrow is tapping into right now. That desperate. He wants his teammates to go in there. And I, psh, we beat you the last three times we played you. Um, Pat Mahomes got an ankle. What what makes you think this is going to go any different? You'll even have Tyreek Hill this you, you, time. Listen, you, you don't want any of that creeping into the locker room. So you basically say stuff like what we just heard from Joe. He's right. Uh, here's more from Joe Burrow. More experience, more reps. Um, we know the team we're playing. We've, we've played them a bunch, and so I'm sure they're going to have some wrinkles off of things that, that they've shown us in the past, whether it was last game or you know the playoffs last year, because they know that they're going to be studying that all, all three of these games just like we are. Uh, so you know, we're going to have to be ready for anything. Yes, be ready for anything. And what will we see? It's that's a great Sun Tzu, ancient Chinese philosopher, warrior, Basinonians, right? He said, "When when you're at the disadvantage, you need to use the chi. You need to use the extraordinary to overcome your opponent." Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs see themselves as the weaker of the two? Do you think they will use the extraordinary to try to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, whom they haven't been able to beat in the last three games they've played? I think when you're the Chiefs, you rarely get the opportunity to go into a game as the underdog. And I just read you the odds. They are technically favored again. But there's this perception out there. And, and I mean, I look, it's hard. I... I think Cincinnati's probably going to win this game. Is if, if Mahomes is 100%, then you're not wise to ever pick against the Chiefs. But he's not 100%. Like He's going to play, but he's not 100%. So the Chiefs are in this position where they... For, and I can't, I can't imagine they're ever in this position anymore. Where they can go into a game being like, you know what? Everybody expects the other team to beat us. They don't usually get that extra little jolt. And notice you reach for the poster again. This is going up on one of these walls during the break. I'm rolling it up. Oh, you're rolling it up. You haven't even shown anybody in command and control. They at least should get the... Just put it up against that window. Stop it. So all the news people have to see it. In the break, we're going to go in there and take a picture of it and tweet it out. No. We got to. You can just Google it. (laughs) How aren't you fancy? Look at you knowing how to use Google. (laughs) All right. We come back. Matt Ishbia will be introduced as the Suns' new owner the day before the trade deadline. Well, that worked out pretty well. What does it mean for the Suns this season? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.